able to you know try and educate yourself as much as possible and i'm talking like you know books and conversations with people or listening to talks and ted talks or whatever that might be avoid googling and forums and, and that kind of thing if you can and find a support group because sometimes i think that you can get the biggest juicy help in them and through other people with lived experiences then you can sometimes not always in a therapy session and obviously that is a, a, a very um, important route to go if you feel like you need it. Um- Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Chandy. My guest today is Shah, the co-founder of Mad Millennials, a support network that offers peer-to-peer support for those in the millennial generation. We will be discussing the topic of mental health, so please, if you don't feel like it's the right time for you to listen to this episode, feel free to switch off now. Hello, thank you very much for having me on. Um, yes, so um, as Chandy said, I um, am a mental health campaigner, advocate and co-founder of Mad Millennials, which is a non-profit mental health organisation to support the millennial generation with their mental health and well-being. Um, and aside from that, I also am a music artist, a singer, a songwriter. Um, I've got a couple of re- releases out at the moment um, and obviously throughout um lockdown I've just been working away on other projects and gearing up for more releases and ways in which I can kind of tie in both my um interests and and passion for mental health awareness and support with also my passion and love for music and um and singing and kind of working on and how I can do that um yeah I don't know if you want me to expand a little bit about sort of where my millennials came from or yeah so um it was going to be my first question was going to be something <laughs> the gun. Um, what what motivated you to to start this whole journey that you're on? Yes, yeah, so for my millennials, um, it definitely came from a personal um, lived experience uh, place. Um, I have always been very anxious, um, and really, it was sort of in my late teens. Sort of 17, 18, 19, that's kind of things were were at its worst and kind of really um, erupted. And I was diagnosed with anxiety and also a type of OCD called Puro, um, which I know we've spoken a lot about before. Um, but for those that don't know, um, it kind of manifests itself as intrusive, unwanted, disturbing, distressing thoughts um, and emotions, and obviously can take lots of different forms for, for different people. But for me, um it was the type of experience where um I was actually traveling I was away and I was in all these really beautiful places um but a series of sort of um traumatic events happened which kind of led to this sort of eruption of it um and I guess it presented itself in a way that I couldn't trust myself I thought I was the most evil person in the world and that I wanted to you know kill all these people or do all these awful things um, and then obviously that made the anxiety even worse. And it was just this really, really vicious cycle. Um, and I didn't know what it was because obviously there was absolutely no awareness when it comes to it. I'd heard of OCD, but only in the very stereotypical traditional sense. Um, and for Googling things, um, this was before, you know, people would tell you not to Google things. This is a time when you absolutely should be Googling everything. Um, and I'd find myself on forums of everyone saying, oh, I've had panic attacks for... 10 years it's never got any better and it was all just this very intense um people sort of making each other feel worse by no fault of their own and obviously from a place of extreme distress themselves so 
I was very unwell. Um, I came back, I started university um, and I started university, it was 2013 and I was able to access support because for me, and I know this isn't the same for everybody, is that I had this like complete desire to just like, I need to get better. What's wrong with me? And I, I couldn't stop sort of telling people and reaching out. And, and that was sort of to the detriment of myself sometimes um, because I was just running myself ragged with shame of why I was feeling how I felt. Um, but thankfully, I was able to access support through uni. Um, and I think because this was 2013, it was at a time when you know, people weren't talking about it. So the stigma was higher, um, arguably, you know, a lot, lot more shame, yet I could actually access the support, which I know so many people now are on massive waiting lists and they're unable to receive that support. So I think like a few years on from that, um, you know, it, it did get really bad and I did get to a dark place of lots of intrusions and lots of panic attacks and moving home and insomnia and bed bound and you know, all sorts of health anxiety um, all sorts of fun things. And then I came back to uni and you know, I got through uni and I had a really good time at uni. Um, but then afterwards when I left, um, and I, I suppose I felt mentally better, then the sort of societal pressures of, oh, well, if you left uni now and you've got first class degrees, you need to be doing this. And and I, I wasn't receiving that from you know my family or my friends that were super supportive, but I definitely feel massively like this was ingrained in the conversation in society. Um, so then, you know, I, I I met my friend Lauren, who is the co-founder of Mammal Millennials at uni, and we started to ask each other these questions. Well, you know, are we supposed to have our life together? Are we supposed to have our things sorted out by the time we leave uni or we're, we're entering our early to mid-20s? Um, and we started going to different events. And, and then I realised that actually, you know, I'm approaching 25 at this point and I'm 27 now, but then it was like, oh my God, you know, I'm going to be left out of the mental health conversation. We're not children, we're not at uni, we're not, but then we don't feel like complete adults in that sense. So we really felt like there was a gap for our generation, a generation who've grown up alongside technology, um, you know, massively sort of influenced by that and a forward thinking, yet you know, they, they, we, we now feel such intense pressure to be on the housing market, be in the best job and be living your best life. And social media doesn't really help with all those things. So we felt like there was a gap in that sense, but then also in a clinical perspective as well. Lauren's gone on to pursue a clinical, um, we both did psychology at uni, but she's gone on to pursue a clinical route. Um, and we also identify there's a massive gap between child services like CAMS and then the adult services as well as you know, long waiting lists and stuff. So we really wanted to hold space for our generation around mental health, but in a like approachable way that will maybe take the burden a bit off the NHS. Um, sorry, this is a really long-winded answer, but <laughs> I've told the story many times and you think I'd kind of get it down in one, but. <laughs> that's um, so that's kind of why, that's the why. Um, and obviously the how, it, we just kind of started like, you know, picking up the pace and stuff whilst managing our own, full-time jobs or other passions and, and interests and stuff and we've now started to actually build a team which is incredible an amazing feeling and to feel like there's people that are aligned with what we're doing and want to help people and the stage we're at now is that we've got uh, 12 peer support groups up and down the country one as well in Barcelona um and the, we always have to say that because I mean it's great we all want to go to Barcelona um and yeah so the idea is that obviously um those who are feeling maybe in a difficult place but even if you're not and even if you're just feeling like like you know 
I was about to say the word normal, but there's no such thing as normal. Um, you know, you're just you, you're, you're cruising by life, but you, you know, maybe a bit lonely or maybe you're a bit worried about, you know, if things do change and stuff. We're kind of preventative and saying that, um, you know, we're not going to turn away anyone who, um, you know, maybe struggling or maybe not struggling, but just want that support network as well. And the idea is it's not therapy. We're not replacing therapy, um, but it's more than a listening service. It is peer-to-peer is is what it says on the tin and people sharing their lived experiences and I think that is the greatest thing that I didn't have when I was really ill um because you know a people weren't talking about it and b you know unless you are an inpatient or you're having group therapy or you have a really open group of friends that you know happen to have the same difficulties as you then you aren't really going to be around the people that are having the same difficulties but you know now we're seeing that that's not so much the case and that people just weren't talking about it but that's kind of my man millennials hat um music wise um I know it sounds cliche but to say like I've always been singing and I've always wanted to sing but you know I have <laughs> um but always make shows put on shows my family and charge them for tickets and all that um and like I knew it was always in me but I just never had the confidence to allow myself to dream that it would be remotely possible so I would you know I was telling someone this the other day when I first started um filming myself singing and putting it on social media I'd film the floor <laughs> I was just like oh, it's just about the voice it's fine but you know obviously I got over that and now I don't have that problem so much um but I did find that I I just didn't think it would it, I would be able to do it I didn't think I'd have the confidence enough I didn't think my mental health would be good enough I didn't think that I was good enough and there's still those doubts that creep in now but here I am doing it, <laughs> putting one foot in front of the other and hoping that, you know, I get I get to um, where I want to be and um, can do it in a way that feels like authentic to me. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that's, that's your question. <laughs> I always say that like public speaking for me is a form of like therapy because I'm sharing my story and it's like helping me reflect on those those moments and in, in times when I've really struggled. Do you mm. find that through your singing and through your music? Do you find that that helps you? Yes, definitely. I mean, you know, you hear a lot of artists say about, um, you know, writing is cathartic. And I definitely feel like that. Um, to me, singing, like just, I, I think everyone can relate to that feeling. You know, they're in the shower, like you don't have to be a good singer, just like the breathing, they're getting it out, they're like screaming along to lyrics and like, that feels so good. And it just, it feels very freeing and very liberating. And the feeling of performing and being on stage and sharing those moments like just the best feelings I've ever felt um and obviously it was it was cut short as I was kind of getting um getting into it but yeah it, it's a massively freeing and liberating feeling and yeah want to keep doing it hopefully and since you started this this journey back in 2013 have you faced any like challenges that have like really challenged you or have helped you to to develop new skills and new coping mechanisms? Yeah, that's a really interesting question because, you know, obviously it's not like I was really ill then and now I'm really fine now. Like obviously there's, there's you know, there's, there's rocky roads and there's, there's times. Um, I think I can say that, you know, I haven't been back to that place yet. And I was so, and I, but I lived in complete fear 
for years and years and years and there's still a bit of me that still feels like that of getting back to that place but I think through lots of therapy and realizing that actually I won't because that was then and this is now and I've learned stuff and even if I do you know feel the intrusive thoughts coming on again or if I do feel no huge waves of anxiety I have got much more knowledge and much more awareness about how to manage that what it means um and I think the biggest thing for me back then was just feeling like I was completely um, inverted commas insane and I'd lost my mind and I couldn't get it back and it was gone and I didn't know who I was it was just you know incredibly scary and overwhelming um and I think each day now I feel a little bit more trusting but that's not to say there hasn't been times like you know that there, there has and I'm, I'm I still have like we all do triggers and things that make me feel like I'm kind of going back there um and you know for me that's if I've kind of my confidence has been knocked and I kind of feel like very low about myself um or I'm really tired and I haven't been sleeping very well and you know I've had a few late nights or whatever it is and those things I notice you know the anxiety and the thoughts creep up again um but I'm I'm happy to say that there hasn't been, you know, one or, or many really triggering events since then, thankfully. Um, I've managed to kind of keep my head above water, but you always feel like it's going to be stripped away from you at any point, which is not not nice, but yeah, we're all right. <laughs> um, thanks for being so open as well. I think it's really important. Hopefully someone takes something away from this. Um, I just wanted to ask you, we've talked about this before, but like that idea that when people say, oh, you're so OCD or I'm so OCD, what is, is one of the challenges of like challenging that perception about what it means to live with, with OCD or in your case, pure O, mm. what do you think about that when they? Yeah, I mean, I think nine times out of 10, people aren't thinking and it's not coming from a place of um, cruelty, but you know a place of ignorance which is just in in society and the way that we've been brought up because I I probably used that when I was growing I don't know I can't remember but I'm sure you know we thought that 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 we didn't really understand what that that term meant and it was more than just a throwaway comment um and it's a very serious mental illness um and I think there's a lack of word for what there is a word but people don't really know what what how to describe that you know they're, they're being really organized or they're being you know very meticulous about something and, and want it done a certain way and everybody has those traits but that's not OCD um and you know I guess what I'd say to these people and I hear it a lot and I and I have this thing in me that I always want to raise it and challenge it but then sometimes I think am I just being a dick and like I should just let that one go but then I think no like you know, people need to learn that, you know, just 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 change that word, maybe don't use that word or um, and that's how how we can kind of move forward, I think, by calling it out and not making people feel stupid. Because like I said, I don't think people do it to be cruel. Um, and it can it's a really difficult one because it is a spectrum and and things are a spectrum. And I do think that, you know, the 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 being so disabled by by it. You know, you can be at that end of it and you can still have it and, you know, it not rule absolutely every element of your life all the time. Or you might have struggled with it in the past and now it'll be better. So and no, it's I, I appreciate it's difficult for some people to understand. But what I would say is that 
if you have OCD or you've or you've experienced bad times with it, then you know it's not a laughing matter. It's not um, a throwaway comment. It's very debilitating and very intense and very scary and uncomfortable. Um, and just just I think just having compassion because, like I said, not everybody is it presents itself in the same way and um my OCD will be different from yours and yours from somebody else and stuff and just because I don't have the um you know the rituals in the same way that other people do or because they their particular thing is different from others doesn't mean it's any less difficult and I think it's coming back to that it's all relative um and just being sensitive around language I think and finally what advice would you give to someone who is maybe listening to this right now and is really struggling with their own mental health or just doesn't know where to go and wants thinks they need the support but doesn't know where to go or what to start with yeah so first of all um i would you know if i was talking to if i was talking to my younger self probably be a bit different because it would be in line with how things were then which was you know, there isn't a lot of support right now. There's not a lot of awareness right now, but like hold tight, there will be, and you can be a part of that. Um, and, you know, that kind of coming back to how you feel right now will not be how you feel in a month's time, a year's time, and, and things will evolve and like it will get better. But if I was speaking to somebody now um, in 2021, as they're feeling currently, um, I would you know, we do say, you know, speak up, talk, and that, that we say it for a reason because there are organisations and there are things out there to support people. And there's, I mean, what we do, for instance, with our Mam Millennials mentors, peer support, it's like the whole point of it is a non-judgmental space. You can just turn up, and I understand for some people, you know, logging online and going to, a, it, it is intimidating, but you've got to remember that everybody else is also feeling that and the people are trained to be able to support you and I and I I would also just reiterate that like there are like better days ahead and I know that sounds a bit I know that sounds a bit naff and I I think if I'd have heard that I would have been like oh f off like I feel like absolute crap right now like it's not it's not going to get better um but hearing it from people that have been there I can only just just reiterate like it absolutely will. And I just think that how you feel today won't even be how you feel tomorrow. Like we are evolving all the time. Try and understand and learn and acquire as much like knowledge as possible. If you're in that space where you feel, you know, you're able to, if you're not, that's fine. You know, just, just be kind to yourself. Again, we hear that a lot. But for me, it was like, educating myself as much as I could because now I have more language around it. And I've like, you know, there's other people and you're kind of going, oh, well, they've got that and I've got that. Oh, okay, so I'm not alone. And, and you know, like there is a, a road to recovery here. So for me, the big biggest things would be, you know, if you can and you feel able to, you know, try and educate yourself as much as possible. And I'm talking like, you know, books and conversations with people or listening to talks and TED Talks or whatever that might be. Avoid Googling and forums and, and that kind of thing if you can and find a support group because, Sometimes I think that you can get the biggest juicy help in them and through other people with lived experiences than you can sometimes, not always, in a therapy session. And obviously that is a a very um, important route to go if you feel like you need it. Um, But if that feels even too overwhelming for you, start off with support groups. 
um, just going to plug Mal Millennials. Come find Mal Millennials. We have lots of support groups um, and then hopefully, you know, we can go from there. But if you're you know, in a really dark place, you know, just just getting out, getting some fresh air one day at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you for joining me today, Shah. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> If you feel like you're struggling with your mental health and you need someone to speak to, please reach out to a GP. There's also free support services like the Samaritans, who you can phone on 116 123, 24 hours a day, 365 days of the year. There's also the Hub of Hope, where you can research local resources in your area. Please remember, you don't have to do this alone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really do hope you've enjoyed it. If you want more information on future episodes, you might want to check out previous recordings of the podcast. Head over to chandy.org.uk for all the latest. And don't forget, you can support our Patreon page and get access to exclusive content and early release to podcast episodes. (laughs) 